Hello, I'm Fred Burton, and this episode of the Stratfor podcast is sponsored by Spymaster, the latest audiobook from number one New York Times bestselling thriller author Brad Thor. Take a white-knuckle thrill ride with Navy SEAL-turned-covert counterterrorism operative Scott Harvath as he defends freedom by any means necessary. The Spymaster audiobook is as current as tomorrow's headlines. Brad Thor's Spymaster is available now on CD and for download wherever audiobooks are sold. Samurai, Code of Honor, Bushido, they would go into battle thinking they were already dead because they thought that made them more effective and efficient warriors. So I thought, how do you take that ancient Code of Honor uh, from Japanese samurai and apply that to a modern-day warrior? Welcome to the Stratfall podcast, focused on geopolitics and world affairs from stratfall.com. I'm your host, Ben Sheen. In this episode, Stratfor Chief Security Officer Fred Burton sits down with former U.S. Navy SEAL turned author Jack Carr to discuss his debut novel, The Terminal List. He'll also be talking about his path from SEAL sniper to commanding a special operations task unit in southern Iraq and then on to his current adventures writing thrillers. Thanks for joining us. Hi, I'm Fred Burton here today with Jack Carr, who's written a wonderful book called the Terminal List. It's published by Simon & Schuster, and Jack is a former Navy SEAL sniper, and his resume is something right out of a Brad Thor novel. So, uh, Jack, welcome uh, to our podcast, and uh, I greatly appreciate uh, the opportunity to chat with you today about your new book, The Terminal List. Oh Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a, an honor to be here. Uh, I think I was an early adopter of Stratfor, back in uh, the early days in the teams. So I was, uh, I was enlisted first and I uh, was an intelligence specialist because you had to have a kind of an, an MOS or an A school before you went to BUDS back then. But uh, so when I showed up at my first team, I was the Intel guy and a comms guy from my platoon uh, and I found out about Stratfor. So um, that was about 10 emails ago. So I couldn't go back and find out exactly when I, <laughs> when I joined, but I remember uh, finding out about it, I think just before September 11th, um, if memory serves. And uh, I've been a fan ever since, so it's a real honor to be on here. Well, it's great having you, Jack. And I know we have a mutual friend in Brad Thor, and both of us uh, uh, landed our books uh, in Brad's new book, The Spy Master. So uh, how long have you known Brad? He's a great guy. We've had him on our podcast. Yeah, so uh, I was introduced to him by a mutual friend right about four months into my writing process. So it was, uh, I had really just started writing my novel, and someone said, hey, would you like to talk to Brad Thor? And I said, well, I'd love to talk to Brad Thor. If he'd talk to me, that'd be wonderful. I didn't know anyone in publishing, didn't know any other authors. And uh, yeah, my friend set up a call, and Brad was so nice, could not have been uh, more helpful. And uh, we talked for about an hour or so. And I guess I passed his test on why I wanted to, to be an author, why I wanted to write. Um, it's something I wanted to do since I was a, a little kid, and I was about to make that transition from the Navy to the private sector. And that's what I wanted to be, uh, wanted to do with the, the next phase of my life was to write write thrillers. Um, so he told me uh, he told me a couple things in that first conversation, but the two, the two that stick out. The first one was uh, uh, give yourself permission to write a bad chapter. And he didn't really mean write a bad chapter. What he meant was don't wait for everything to be perfect to start writing. So don't wait for the stars to align. Just get out there and do it. 
just just write, um, be a professional and write. Uh, so it was really interesting to hear that from uh, from somebody like like Brad Thor was very liberating, and uh, he's such a such an amazing guy. Um, and then he said the only difference between a published author and an unpublished author is that the published author never quit. And for me, that really rang true because of my experience in, uh, in the military and buds uh, and being able to self-select out of that program so easily. Um, and so, yeah, I just never, never quit. So um, and then then I, I felt so fortunate. But he's like, hey, I'm not going to help you as you go along this process. I'm not going to read anything for you. I'm not going to give you any advice. But uh, if you write one. Um, I will send it to New York for you. That's uh, a friend had told him some things I did in the, the SEAL teams, and he's like, "Thank you for what you did. Um, I'll send it to New York. Um, can't guarantee they'll open it. Can't guarantee they'll like it. Definitely can't guarantee they'll publish it. But uh, the least I can do is, uh, is send that to New York for you." So uh, he said, "When are you going to be done?" And I said, "A year from today." And uh, so he said, "Okay." And then uh, a year from that day, I called him back and said, "It's done." And uh, here we are uh, on Stratfor Podcast today. Yeah, that's an amazing story, Jack. It really is. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Lieutenant Commander James Reese, who's your key figure in your book, The Terminal List. I was uh, – uh, it's hard not to like uh, James Reese. Tell me what made you uh, put him together. Yeah, so uh, so that's the, the protagonist of the story, uh, James Reese, and he has a background similar to mine in that he was a prior enlisted SEAL sniper that becomes an officer at a certain point and is at that, that phase of his life where uh, he's getting back from a deployment and is about to move into the, the private sector because that was going to be the last deployment that he'd ever tactically maneuver guys on the battlefield. And as you gain rank in the military, you kind of get more removed from that tactical battlefield level leadership. Uh, and that's where I was at, uh, at the, that stage of my life as well. So, um, his background is similar to mine, but that's really where it ends. Uh, everything else is complete fiction. Um, so he's, he's, uh, uh, thinking about moving on, taking care of his family. And that's when disaster strikes both on the battlefield and on the home front. Uh, and he finds himself, uh, part of a conspiracy that, uh, the idea I got from the church hearings, uh, in the late seventies that investigated some of abuses by different, uh, uh, agencies of the federal government, CIA, NSA. And, uh, I said, Hey, what if that, what if those, either those church hearings didn't take place or somebody didn't get the memo in the modern world. And they did some testing of drugs on our most elite, uh, special operations forces and, uh, some things go haywire and they need to cover it up. So, uh, that's where the story really begins and gets moving. But, uh, one level deeper than that, it's about a guy who really abandons everything that that he's believed in for the last 16 years at war and essentially becomes the insurgent that he'd been fighting. So he takes what he, what worked well against us overseas that uh, insurgents and terrorists use, and he brings those tactics here to the U.S. as he works his way up a list that he puts together of people that uh, conspired to, to kill his troop and family to cover up these uh, these tests. So that's uh, that's the basis of the novel. In the second part of our conversation with author Jack Carr, we dig into his personal affinity for revenge tales and also his love of classic Toyota Land Cruisers. But if you'd like to go ahead and pick up a copy of his book, The Terminal List, we'll include a link in the show notes. Or you can check out his website, officialjackcar.com, and that's with two R's. And you can also find more of Fred Burton's reflections on the history of counterterrorism and his experiences with the U.S. State Department's Diplomatic Security Service at Stratford Worldview. We've collected his reflections and other podcast interviews in a series called Lessons from Old Case Files. You'll also find collected military and defense assessments from our analyst team collected under the Worldview Topics section. Now back to our conversation with Fred Burton and author Jack Carr. 
I really enjoyed the opening with uh, this is a novel of revenge. I, th- <laughs> I think that any of us who have been in the counterterrorism arena and uh, it's it's one that I spent some time in a lifetime ago, it kind of resonates and and as you go along with the story and you look at the challenges that uh, Lieutenant Commander James Reese has had and the obstacles and the boulders that he's pushing up the hill, I don't want to give away too much in the story, but uh, it's really a, a great storyline, Jack, and I think you did a wonderful job with it. Oh, thank you so much. It's, uh, you know, when I started writing, I wrote about five or six different ideas down, about, uh, you know, half page, couple paragraphs on each idea. And I was trying to figure out which one I should go with for my first novel. And I chose the one that I thought would be the most hard hitting, the most primal uh, out of the gate. And for me, I, I grew up reading. My mom was a librarian. Um, I'm a child of the 80s. So, uh, you know, I love, the, I love those 80s movies. And the ones I always naturally gravitated towards were the ones that had themes of revenge. So I grew up reading David Morrell, uh, J.C. Pollock, Nelson DeMille. Later, I found Stephen Hunter in college and then Daniel Silva, Vince Flynn, and then later Brad Thor, of course. And uh, I just always resonated to those stories that uh, that were about revenge. So this one is really about revenge without constraint. And I wanted to figure out, hey, how do you make this more than just a story about someone who has, quote unquote, nothing left to lose? And uh, that's where the uh, the drug conspiracy comes in. And I kind of got that from Samurai, Code of Honor, Bushido, and how they would go into battle thinking they were already dead because they thought that made them more effective and efficient warriors. So I thought, how do you take that ancient Code of Honor uh, from Japanese Samurai and apply that to a modern day warrior. And uh, that's where that comes in. So uh, he goes through this novel thinking that he's already dead, which is something I wanted to introduce into the in, into the storyline. So uh, it was a blast to write. I love every part of the process, coming up with the idea, coming up with the title, uh, writing, editing. Um, I've just, I, I, I love every part of this. So I feel very fortunate to be doing something in my uh, in the second phase of my life here that I, that I love so much. And you've done a great job, too, with the gear. What I find fascinating, and I remember chatting with uh, Brad Thor about this as well, uh, because I write nonfiction, and you try to be as accurate as you can. And what I take away from reading the terminal list is this obsession with gear. Is that just a SEAL thing, or what's going on there? You know, I've always been into gear since I was a little kid, so it predates my time in the SEAL teams, and it was just a natural thing for me to do, to want to uh, research different gear, test different gear, and uh, when I became an officer, make sure my guys were going down range with the best gear possible to give us every advantage we possibly could have on the battlefield. So that just, uh, and that continues to this day. I'm always uh, you know, messing around with uh, different backpacks and different gear, and it's just something that came very natural to me, so that uh, translates over to the book as well. So everything that uh, our protagonist uses in the story is uh, something that uh, I've had hands-on experience with. And it resonates. It comes across in the book, Jack, and you've done a good job with that. And and in fact, for our listeners, uh, you have to check out uh, Jack's website, Official Jack Carr, uh, at Official Jack Carr, because he's got a great uh, section there on gear, and you can look at some of the gear that he talks about uh, in the terminal list. Uh, I was going through that yesterday and today and, and actually jotted down a couple things that I'm going to have to buy but not tell my wife. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got to have a slush fund. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to have a, something on the website that could, where people that were really interested in the gear could do a little deeper dive. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of information in the story uh, that's accurate and detailed about gear. But for those that really want a deep dive, then I wanted a, a separate site for them. So that's uh, one one section of the website really deals with that. 
And tell me about uh, your fixation with uh, old Land Cruisers because I have one too. Uh, do you have? No yeah. Do you have an old Land Cruiser? I do. So I have a, uh, an FGA 62, 1988, uh, same one that our uh, protagonist James Reese uses in the book. And uh, I think each book will have uh, – so the next one I'm working on is called True Believer. And I think as part of character development, there will be some conversations in there, the Land Rover slash Land Cruiser debate. So you know, kind of like a 9 mil 45 debate. Yeah. And uh, I'll use that as a uh, character development tool. But <laughs> you know, I've always loved the old Land Cruisers. Uh, they're just such an iconic vehicle. And my my personal Land Cruiser is getting a little makeover right now. And uh, it's got a new engine and uh, getting worked on by the guys at TLC Cruiser in L.A., the same guys that do the uh, the Icon, if you are, if you're familiar with them, but it's getting a, it's getting in getting complete overhaul. So I'm looking forward to getting that back to uh, some sometime in 2019. But uh, yeah, I love them. such iconic vehicles, and it's funny every time we drive somewhere uh, to park it, someone would come up. There's this whole you know subculture of of Land Cruiser enthusiasts. So every time we go somewhere, someone would come up and want, want to talk to me about it, and my wife would just roll her eyes and uh, <laughs> not not quite understand it. But uh, no, it, and it, it, everybody that owns them seems to be like such cool people so i've had great conversations with people that uh that are also land cruiser enthusiasts and uh, i'm just a big fan yeah i've had uh i've had two or three if not four fj cruisers and then i i did have a 99 toyota land cruiser but i haven't gone back as far as you have with yours and uh but you've uh, stoked my interest again i'm gonna have to go out and figure out a way to get one and maybe just hide it uh somewhere where uh, my wife won't find it <laughs> That's right. You need the uh, the storage unit where you can uh, hide all the toys. There you go. There you go. Now, your next book, The True Believer, is that out a year from now, or what, what are you scheduled to publish that? Yep. So I think I saw uh, April 2nd publication date on that one. So uh, the terminal list came out March 6th. Uh, so about the same time, spring of 2019, the the second book will uh, will hit shelves, and uh, very excited about it. I'm in the editing process right now, which is part of the process that uh, well, I love all the all the parts of it, but uh, it's fun to go back in there, and because you don't write it in one sitting, so uh, sometimes you get kind of near the end and figure out something uh, you want to insert in there, but now you have to go back and kind of lead up to it because it doesn't make sense just standing alone if you throw it in near the end. And uh, so it's fun to to to, uh, to work through that whole process and uh, smooth things out and make sure everything makes sense. And uh, no, it's, it's I absolutely love it. But the um, paperback of the terminal list, so that'll come out uh, in December of this year. And then that leads into the, the hardback of True Believer. So uh, it's also fun for me to, to learn about the publishing industry and how it all works. And uh, it's just just fascinating to me. And um, I've been very fortunate to have been introduced to Simon and Schuster and Atria and Emily Bessler Books. And uh, I just couldn't be with a, a better group of people to help uh, help share me through this process as a as a debut author. So do you have a trilogy, Jack? Do you have like a three-book trilogy for uh, Lieutenant Commander James Reese? You know, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, so I'll say in the second book that uh, there are characters from the first one that end up in the second one, but which ones and in what capacity, that's the secret. Uh, and you know, I'd love this to go on as long as I it can possibly go. And uh, I have ideas written out for the first uh, six books or so, six or seven, and looking forward to exploring each and every every one of those topics. Well, uh, I can say this, that if True Believer or the books that follow the terminal list are anything like the terminal list, uh, you've got a great series and a very bright future with Lieutenant Commander James Reese. Uh, Jack, you did a wonderful job with this story. 
Thank you so much for uh, being on the Stratfor podcast. Uh, again, for our listeners, I would encourage you to download or purchase uh, The Terminal List, a thriller by Jack Carr, and visit uh, Jack's website, which is Official Jack Carr. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And thank you again, Jack, for uh, coming on our show. Of course. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to Beirut Rules. Well, that's it for this episode of the Stratfall Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. And if you'd like to learn more about Jack Carr's debut novel, The Terminal List, or his upcoming book, we'll include links in the show notes. And if you'd like to delve deeper into the global military trends unfolding today, be sure to check out our collected analysis at Stratfall Worldview. If you're not already a Stratfall Worldview member, you can sign up for our free newsletter or learn more about complete access to our analysis through individual, team, and enterprise memberships at worldview.stratfor.com slash subscribe. And for more geopolitical intelligence, analysis, and forecasting that reveal the underlying significance and future implications of emerging world events, follow us on Twitter at Stratfor. Stratfor.